Making more money is always good, but if you make more money and you don't have a plan for that money, your lifestyle is just going to inflate to that, meaning that, you know, you're 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 going to just spend more. You have to have a plan around that extra money. Um there's infinite ways to make more money, but um you have to intentionally have a place for that money where it's going to work for you. It's not automatically going to invest itself. It's not automatically going to set you on this path that where now you're rich. You you might even be more broke because you're trying to uh, <laughs> because you just you've just adjusted your spending and um, and then putting yourself in a position where you're more beholden to um, these things where it's costing you a lot of money to live. And so just kind of check that, check that, see what's important to you. And um, if you find yourself in a place where you're making more money, but you don't, you're not in a better financial position, it's probably because you're not intentionally putting that money where it needs to go. Have you been wondering how to get your money right? Stressing every month with never ending list of financial demands? Or are you just tired of not knowing where all your money is going? Did you know that Wallet Coach has a solution? Wallet Coach offers one-to-one coaching sessions to get your money back into shape. Wallet Coach was formed to help everyday people get financially secure and free by teaching a four-step approach to money management. Our favorite testimony is one client who saved up $1,000 as an emergency fund within six months while only making $1,800 a month. If you are curious how Wallet Coach can help you in similar ways, sign up for a free 15-minute consultation on our website, thewalletcoach.com. That's thewalletcoach.com. Or text the word COACH to 470-606-8949 to get a link to schedule. Now back to the show. Welcome everyone to the latest edition of Wallet Talks Podcast. I am joined by two lovely ladies today, one to my right, my wife, Tiffany Alexander. And I'm so grateful to have Nasima, who has founded Financially Intentional and has an incredible story about how she overcame almost a million dollars in debt while still being a nurse and a single mom. And I know, I mean, it, the list goes on. So we're going to get some, some, some nuggets on this. And hopefully you guys are taking some notes and welcome. Welcome to Sima. Thank you guys so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here. Yeah. Now you said, you know, we have a connection because you said that you're in Oakland, right? Mm-hmm. But our fans know that I'm from, from Oakland too. So <laughs> You know, I have, I have specific cousins that always listen in. So shout out to them. They know who you, they know who you, who they Keisha are. and them. Yeah. <laughs> shout out Literally. to my Oakland family. I'm sure yeah. I, to your Oakland family. I'm sure I probably know them too. What's up, Keisha? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Wow. So, um, Nasima, just tell us a little bit, uh, our listeners about your journey and what made it, what motivated you to get started? Really, it was about um, in 2015, like I found myself in a place where um, I had this one year old. I was a single mom in this house that I had just bought because of, you know, uh, maternity psychosis. And uh, I was kind of stuck like, man, like if something were to happen to me, I have nothing for this child. I don't have any savings. I don't have any like, legacy building plans. You know what I'm saying? I don't have like anything for this child and I make good money, but I'm just hella broke. So like, Mm. it's just, it was just a point where I was just like, I have to figure it out. And, um, what I thought I needed to do was totally different than what actually I needed to do because, um, I felt like the reason why I wasn't wealthy or I didn't have anything is because I didn't know how to invest. Mm. 
And to me, investing meant trading. And that meant that I had to spend an extensive amount of time like learning about it. And mm-hmm. like, like similar to like getting a PhD, like I was like, I got to put in this work. And um, it was like a point in my life where I had finished with all my degrees. Um, and so I was like, okay, now I'm ready to put in the work mm-hmm. <laughs> to actually learn how to build wealth. And then um, kind of set out on this path to learn how to invest and somehow um, stumbled upon like Dave Ramsey in that community and realized that maybe it was my debt that was standing in my way and started tackling my debt um, and started documenting that built um, financially intentional just to document um, my debt payoff progress. And then when I paid off all my debt, I was like, wait a minute, like there has to be like something more. And then kind of stumbled upon the fire community and was like, wait, what? Like you're saying, like, I don't have to work the rest of my life. And like, there are these options and there's actually a simple way to invest. And it doesn't have to be super hard to build. Well, like what? Like, this is all new. So (laughs) I like dove head first into that and then created another kind of platform called nurses on fire because I wanted all my nurses to become financially Mm -hmm. independent because the way that nursing is set up I really feel like it's a cheat code to financial independence because Mm -hmm. how you can structure your work around your life so um, that's kind of been my progression Um, but just like being more intentional about my money has unlocked so many different opportunities for me, things that I could have never imagined. Um, and so I just love to share my story and encourage other people to go on this journey because um, it, it can totally change your life and your perspective about money and in turn change your entire family's like trajectory. Love that. I love that. There's a couple of things I want to pull out before um, <clears throat> uh, I want to put a pin in. Mm-hmm. You said, and I think this is a challenge for a lot of people um, or minorities, mainly when you say invest, you, you're thinking a stockbroker trading, being on the floor, knowing all those little ticket markers going all mm-hmm. across the, you know, the screen and trying to understand what that means. It's like hieroglyphics. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you're like, I don't want to do no investing because you, you just said the stock market went down. I ain't trying to lose my money. That part. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. right? That part, yes. Mm-hmm. So, you know, so what, do you, how do you see investments now? Oh my God. Investing is probably one of the easiest things you can do. And I, I just think that there's so many barriers put up um, maybe intentionally in um, the financial services industry to make mm-hmm. it seem like uh, you have to use somebody or it's overcomplicated. And then I think we also have so many barriers just as a culture because, um, you know, the financial services industry hasn't necessarily been for us, right? Mm-hmm. And so there's a lot of education that needs to happen on that side. But I just feel like once I really understand how easy um, investing is and how important it is to wealth building, I'm like, Mm -hmm. everybody needs to know this. Like, we have to get this information out here. Mm -hmm. We have to be more empowered to take charge of, you know, actually growing our money. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, and so just trying to break it down into like simple concepts that people can grasp so that they can just start like today. Yeah. Great. Awesome. So you mentioned that the system's kind of set up against us and we read, um, I heard you say something about a bank for nurses. Mm -hmm. Tell us about that and kind of what, you know, if there's anything more that kind of encouraged you to think about that idea and want to pursue it. Yeah. So, um, like I said, I think nursing is a cheat code to financial independence. And I think this is a, um, extraordinary time for nurses because a lot of nurses are shifting in their mindset. First of all, nursing is like the biggest workforce in the country. We have four point, we have like four to 5 million (laughs) nurses in the workforce at any given time. And, um, like with COVID, we kind of had to push back and, kind of Mm -hmm. like stand our ground and, 
you know, um, let people know what our worth was. And so it's, I feel like as an industry, this is the first time that we've really like spoke up and like are demanding more. And, um, I think like what goes hand in hand with that is demanding more for your money because we work mm-hmm. so hard for it. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. it only made sense that nurses have their own place that is, um, basically normalizing building wealth for nurses. And, um, so it's not solely mine. I was actually approached, um, by some engineers that were building this bank, but they needed to understand what nurses really need. And so, um, I'm the community lead at loom bank, which is better banking for nurses. And what we strive to do is make wealth building automatic and easy for nurses by using some um, AI tools to take all the guesswork out of building wealth, um, giving you immediate access to your paycheck, um, giving you access to um, lower student loan payments, giving mm-hmm. you access to um, to career information that you can actually make more. And then mm-hmm. later we're going to introduce kind of like automatic investing products. So um, it's, it's taking all the guesswork out and we're just going to do it for you. We have the information from your paychecks and we use that information to create solution specific for nurses. And then it's just like a one click. Like if you want to make more click here, if you mm-hmm. want to pay less on your student loans, click here. If you want to invest, click here. And awesome. so, um, just creating solutions and using um, financial technology in order to just normalize wealth and make it just it, take the guesswork out of it. Yeah. And yeah. I was, I'm hearing like, like make it less scary. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So yeah. it's like, like you, it sounds like you guys are going to be a part of their journey. You're simplifying it to basically like three doors. Mm-hmm. Door number one, number two, number three, which one you want to go to and you go through it and say you want to grow your wealth then hey here are some are you guys going to have like some education behind those things we have a lot of education behind it um we had just on our blog right now we have tons and tons of articles and integrated into the platform we'll introduce some education as well like in your banking app itself we'll introduce the education around it and so it's just changing the game it's almost a no-brainer for a nurse not to be on our platform because like when you think about it like what has your bank really done for you (laughs) (laughs) what have they done for you lately exactly besides keep your money besides keep your money and become gatekeepers and make you feel like um you know like it's a privilege to be, to have Mm -hmm. your money there. It's Mm -hmm. like, come on, like, uh, yeah. So we need to change the way we look at our money in the bank and demand Mm -hmm. more um, for the people that are holding our money. I like that. I like that. I hope um, y'all who are listening, who are nurses, check it out. Check it out. (laughs) Use loom.com and loom is spelled L-U-M-E. And there's a lot of information um, on the website there. We're, uh, we haven't officially launched yet, mm-hmm. but um, you can join the wait list. And I'm actually doing, um, I'm onboarding a couple of people as a beta right now. So um, slide in my DMs if you're interested <laughs> in getting onboarded ahead of our official launch. Awesome. Good. Awesome. You spoke of some challenges, you know, with finances and um, going through COVID. Are there any unique challenges that people may not be aware of that nurses face? Uh, I think the unique challenges are, is that nurses across this country are like drastically, like the pay scale is like drastically different. The mm. demands, the, the patient safety issues are dramatically different in, in places. And I lived in like this California bubble, right? In Cal- I, I grew up, I mean, I went into nursing in California in the mm-hmm. San Francisco Bay area, which ha- happens to be the highest paying place for nurses in the world. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, I, I just knew that every nurse made six figures. 
every nurse had uh, safe patient ratios. Every nurse was entitled to breaks. Every nurse had access to protective equipment. Like that's not the case. Mm -hmm. And um, like I said, like a lot of people don't understand the struggles of nurses that a lot of places, nurses aren't even like barely making minimum wage Mm -hmm. nurses. um, And I think what's coming to light in like a lot of these criminal cases that are coming up are that nurses are expected to work under extreme conditions with unsafe um, patient ratios. Mm -hmm. And um, a lot of these healthcare, um, like uh, a lot of these um, hospital organizations or healthcare organizations are focusing more on the the bottom line than safe patient care. And nurses Mm -hmm. are kind of put in the middle of it. And we often pay the consequences for that. And um, so, of course, that ties into your money mm-hmm. because that is, <laughs> that's how you eat. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, that's what pays your bills. And um, it's taking back that power. Nurses need to be able to take back that power and say, I'm not working under these conditions. I am not working for um, this pay. And what's happening in the industry is that a lot of like nurses are leaving in droves to do like travel contracts that are paying, Mm -hmm. you know, like if you can do a travel contract at the hospital that you work at, and now you're getting paid three times more what your colleagues are getting paid. And you just saw yesterday, right? The one you just saw yesterday. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) exactly. And, and, and just like using that in order to uh, demand more Mm -hmm. and, um, this coming this week right now, actually, we're having a couple of strikes in California because <clears throat> over the last couple of years over COVID, you know, these hospitals act like they were struggling and they couldn't afford things, but they have been clocking high their highest revenues in history. I'm talking mm. about billions. Like Kaiser reported that they, um, you know, their high their profits were like three billion dollars profits. Mm. Not not revenue and and they denied their nurses PPE. Mm. Um, Mm. Therefore, they forced their nurses to do all kinds of things that um, we don't typically do and um, put us in a a place where, you know, we were putting ourselves in danger and putting our patients in danger. And so, um, yeah, a lot of people just don't know like the struggles that we've been facing, but a lot of things have been brought to light over these last couple of years and COVID has kind of forced that issue. But yeah, we just need to demand more period across the board. Well, I want to say, you know, we appreciate you guys' contribution, you know, because that was, that has been a tough two years and I'm sure some of the challenges COVID compounded some of the challenges that you were experiencing and and to know at one of the most vulnerable times in 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 our in our lifetimes to still be taken advantage of and not being treated like the the heroes that you guys are Um, and so uh, I just want people to no matter what side of the issue you are in terms of what you believe about COVID whether it's true or not we need to appreciate our nurses and our healthcare professionals for what they do every single day to keep us um, safe oh yeah I listen I have a newfound appreciation for nurses because we have some family members who need in-home care and so we become (sighs) caretakers yes oh even the full-time yeah you know what i i couldn't be an in-home care caretaker (laughs) like that that is hard like what i do in the hospital is like nothing it's cake compared to what in-home care providers have to do and with limited supplies and with limited help like i have all the resources so yeah shout out to those people who do that shout out to people who have to take care of their family members and it is a full-time job, like it, more than a full-time job. Like it is hard, hard work. Mm-hmm. And you, you're dealing with that stress at work mm-hmm. and then you got to come home and try to manage your pennies. Right. <laughs> and you have kids. You have kids as well. Yeah. So like running around trying to get all your little pennies yeah. to go to McDonald's. <laughs> so when you oh, did, yes. <laughs> so like you talked about your debt-free journey, like what was your support system like when you went through that um actually 
I had a really good support system because I have first when I um, first started on my journey, um, my sister moved across the country to live with me and help me um, take care of my one year old. Mm -hmm. Um, And that really, really provided me um, with the support that I needed to be able to go to work Mm -hmm. (laughs) and then to be able to put the things in motion to start paying off my debt. Because if Mm -hmm. I didn't have her, I mean, like I'm looking at nanny bills of like two, you know, over $2,000 a month. Mm-hmm. Uh, to pay for childcare. So that, that helped me so, so much. Um, but other than that, like people didn't really understand what I was doing um, as far <laughs> as like, like the sacrifices I was making um, to be able to pay off my debt or just mm-hmm. like the intentionality I put behind learning about my money. Like people always thought I, I had it figured out financially just because, you know, I always, I, went to school, always had a good job, always knew how to make money. Mm-hmm. But that does not mean that I knew how to manage my money mm-hmm. and to build wealth. Those are two separate things. And so people were just like, oh, Nasima, you got it. Like you already know, but no, I was trying to figure it out. And so um, I think a lot of people were like, just confused on what was going on. And was like, mm-hmm. like, like, what are you doing over there again? What's mm-hmm. that money stuff? Like, what are you, are you selling something? No, I'm not selling <laughs> products. I'm just trying to educate you guys on things. I wish I would have known, you know? Mm-hmm. So were you going at them like, oh, you need to be doing this, that, and the other. You need to be putting your money into this 401k or this IRA because you ain't getting nothing at the bank. I get to, that's how I talk to my coworkers a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Um, but really I started like, because I, I wanted my best, like my circle of friends to like, mm. just, just do better. And we have mostly have daughters. We have a couple sons sprinkled in there, but I was just like, these women, these little girls need to know, um, and, and get an early start on really being in control of their money. And so the whole platform started just because I just wanted to put everything out there. I hate repeating myself. So I was like, Mm -hmm. I'm gonna just put this stuff in this social media on this social media platform. And Mm -hmm. it's for you guys to access if you need it. Um, And if you want to use it, great. If you don't want to use it, I can't force you to, but I'm gonna put this stuff out here because I really feel like these are things that you need to know. You really need to know how much taking control of your finances changes your life and mm. how you live and what you get to do versus what you have to do mm. yeah wow. I like that that's awesome you mentioned that you have a network of, of friends who have kids like what lessons did you are are you instilling in your kids right now uh, related to money right so my girls are six and three I'm sorry eight and three. Oh my gosh. She's not kidding. <laughs> <laughs> it was like a mommy. pandemic. You got the two. Right. 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 Yeah. <laughs> so my girls are eight and three and, um, I, I just incorporate them a lot in the things that I just do on a regular basis, as far as educating other people about their finances and, um, just try to teach them little lessons about money, the importance of, um, investing. So they're learning how to invest. So they have brokerage accounts Mm -hmm. and in their brokerage accounts, they like compete. And I use the platform stockpile because it's easy for them to visualize the stocks. Like, you know, other platforms, it's just like listed by Mm -hmm. like a ticker symbol, right? They don't know what a ticker symbol is, Mm -hmm. but even my three-year-old and she started when she was two can go in and say, I know that this is Tesla. This is McDonald's. This is Disney like just by the logo and yeah. she'll pick what stocks she wants to buy every month based off just how she's feeling. And so I, um, so these are the only single stocks I invest, I, I, let, I invest in really. I let the kids go in and pick their stocks. And then I show them at the end of the month, like what their returns are. And they have a little competition to mm. see who's getting the best returns. And so to them, I gamify it. And, but they understand like growth and how, you know, over time, this money is going to keep on going up. Mm-hmm. And so that's the way I'm, I'm teaching them about wealth building. Um, also, they both know that they have a college fund and the goal is that their college fund will grow to a hundred thousand dollars by the time that they're, um, 18 and mm-hmm. that's their made to do with, you know, 
if they go to college, great. If they don't go to college, they know I'm going to use it for something else or I'm going <laughs> to <laughs> to another family member, mm-hmm. but it's there. And yeah. me, even if they, a lot of people are like, well, what if they don't use it? Well, it's a legacy building tool. Who's going to be mad at you having an extra hundred thousand dollars in the bank? Even mm-hmm. if I, even if I do have to uh, use that money for something else and pay those penalties, that's still more than most people have. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. um, yeah, so I, 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 stress to them, like the importance of not having to start at zero and the fact that they'll come into um, their adult life with something. And Mm -hmm. I think that's what differentiates, um, you know, people of color versus uh, other people is that we often come into adulthood at a deficit. I knew, you know, I came into Mm -hmm. adulthood with six figures of debt, like, you know, then I, when I start, you know, I'm starting way behind the next person that comes out into the workforce debt-free with money for weddings and money for a uh, down payment on their first home. Like automatically that, that um, amplifies and for, uh, somebody to be on the next level wealth-wise, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm all the way down here, but you, you're already leveled up. And so my kids are going to start with that level up and they understand mm-hmm. that. Yeah. That's so awesome. Like not starting at a negative net worth position, a yeah. negative position. I got debts, but now, no, no, no. I come out baseline with zero. Well, or not even that. I come out with some stocks. I come right. out with, you know, some, some kind of um, um, assets. And so I can start building from there versus trying to climb out to get fresh air <laughs> and start building. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And you, you mentioned, um, you talk about your, your being in debt and um, starting something for your kids. And just, it sounds like there was a lot of learning that you, you had to do kind of, it seems almost quickly um, that you had to. Um, yes. And, but I'm also thinking about um, one of the things you talk about on your, on your Instagram is, you know, um, being a single parent. And so, with that transition where, you know, you were married and then you became a single parent, um, I'm sure that was a challenging time. So what did you, what did you do to kind of keep yourself going forward and not develop a victim's mentality from the change in situation? You know what? I was fortunate that while I was, um, going through the transition of being a single mom, um, I, was on this journey and I saw the power that being in control of my finances gave me because number one, it gave me the power to be able to walk away, to know that I didn't have to be dependent on this relationship financially, mm-hmm. that, um, even, um, when I did get my divorce, I actually had to <clears throat> pay a settlement and that could have broke me. But I was just like, oh, I'm in a position where I can do it, even though it sucks, you know, even though it's going to set back my debt free journey, you know, hey, it's better to pay this and be free from that burden than, you know, to be stuck in this toxic and abusive situation. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I just felt like, and and I had to do it for my daughter. Like it was, it was bigger than me. Mm -hmm. So um, I just felt like, that was my saving grace. My saving grace was being intentional with my money and um, knowing that whatever happens, I can create a plan around it because I'm in control of my money. And so I don't let life events dictate, you know, what, what's happening with my money. Cause I, mm-hmm. I control that, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, so I didn't have time to be a victim. It was about yeah. like what those next steps are to get mm-hmm. me where my path, you know, my ultimate to, to keep me on my path to, yeah. to building wealth and to not deter me. So. So, so on that same line of thought, <clears throat> what would you advise uh, someone who wants to live their best life? They, they want to, but you mentioned a couple of times getting control, getting control what would you tell them how to get in control? Like give them one, two, three steps that they can do to get in control. Yeah. First of all, like identify, like what is super important to you? Like, what is it that you really want mm-hmm. out of life? Mm-hmm. Um, do you want to be working for 50 more years? <laughs> like, or do you want work to be optional? 
Um, do you want to make sure that you're leaving a legacy for your kids or, you know, are you fine with them kind of just struggling through? Um, and so kind of like figure out like right now, what's super important to you and then kind of get a picture of where you're at right now, assess what you're spending money on, assess, Mm -hmm. you know, um, how you're saving and how you're investing and then create a plan. Um, super important is budgeting and everybody thinks that's a bad word, but actually like budgeting is, um, one of the most freeing things I've done because Mm -hmm. I can see like, and I, because, well, it just dictates like where my money is going and I make it so that my my money is only going to places that are priorities to me. You know, Mm. oftentimes we don't budget and then we find ourselves spending money on things. We can't even remember what we Mm. spent on. And Mm. for me, um, have setting a a solid budget and, and, and budgeting can look different for, um, where you're at in life or what's important to you, but it's just really just creating a plan on how you're going to spend your money and being really intentional about it. So start where you're at, create a budget, create a plan, and just take, take those small daily actions that are going to set you on that course. So whether it's going to be like, um, working on paying off your debt rapidly, just do those small little things every day that they're, that are going to help you with that. If it's investing more, you know, do those invest daily. Don't try to time the market, just set it and forget it. And, and it doesn't have to be hard, you know? So I just think that, um, a lot of people put things off to um, wait until they get to a certain point, like, oh, if I, if I make more money mm-hmm. or, you know, if my kids get a certain age or whatever excuses you guys are making or other people <laughs> make, it's just important to start where you're at right now and just take action um, where you're at right now. You're in a good place right now to get started. So making money is not the answer. <laughs> Making more money is always good, but if you make more money and you don't have a plan for that money, your lifestyle mm. is just going to inflate to that. Meaning that, you know, you're, you're, you're going to just spend more. You mm-hmm. have to have a plan around that extra money. Um, there's infinite ways to make more money, but, um, you have to, intentionally have a place for that money where it's going to work for you. It's not automatically going to invest itself. It's not mm-hmm. automatically going to set you on this path that where now you're rich. You, you might even be more broke because you're trying to, uh, <laughs> because you just, you just adjusted your spending mm-hmm. and, um, and then putting yourself in a position where you're more beholden to, um, these things where it's costing you a lot of money to live. And so just kind of check that, check that, see what's important to you. And um, if you find yourself in a place where you're making more money, but you don't, you're not in a better financial position, it's probably because you're not intentionally putting that money where it needs to go. Preach that. (laughs) Wind that back and y'all listen to that again. That was good. Yes, it was financially intentional. Intentional. You got, I mean, like, like she said, you're going Yes, making more money is great, but if you're not directing it to do what you want it to do, because you actually have to go and put the work in and put push the button, mm-hmm. like it's it's not Siri. You just can't say <laughs> money, go here, <laughs> you know, <laughs> go invest for me. No, you have to, you know, take some time and some effort mm-hmm. and apply it to the direction that you want to God. God has given us all these resources, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And the main one. Is what you're saying, intentionality, your own willpower. So mm-hmm. yes, you can visualize it and um, sketch it out, but until you put the work in, you're not going to see it. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. That was my little rant. That. <laughs> love it, love it. <laughs> now that you're on the other side of debt, um, like how do you relate to it? How do you view debt? You know what? I have debt. Um but I have intentional debt, right? Mm, um, say that. <laughs> there's a, there's, so like, I don't call debt good or bad, um, but debt has to have a purpose and you have to make sure that you understand what that purpose is. And um, you're clear that that debt is not going to hold you back. If there's mm. debt in your life that is 
causing you not to be able to invest, grow your money or do the things that you want is holding you back. Mm -hmm. So um, my whole thing is like the debt that I have (laughs) always has to be under uh, 3%. And um, like it has a specific focus and it's only, um, it's only used to enhance my life. So the debt that I have, right. Well, I really don't have a lot of debt anymore. So I have my car note as Mm -hmm. my debt, which is that 1%. (laughs) And then (laughs) (laughs) that's really good of your income. No, no. No, 1% Uh, interest rate. Yeah. My interest rate is like 1.4%. So it's just like nothing. So it's not Mm -hmm. anything that I'm in a rush to pay off. Um, and then, um, uh, just a small loan that I'll probably pay off by the end of the year. But like all those things, you know, serve the purpose. And um, uh, I just think that a lot of times we get into debt and, you know, it kind of puts us in a bad position because we're beholden to that debt. Mm-hmm. Um, and so um, it has to be super intentional. And if you're in debt, um really analyze what that debt is, try to get out of it as fast Mm -hmm. as possible. especially if the interest rates are higher than 3%. I mean, inflation is super high right now, (laughs) (laughs) but yeah, Yeah. it should even, yeah. But if that debt is higher than like 3%, like you should be trying to get out of it. Credit card debt is horrible debt. Mm -hmm. Um, Student loan debt, evaluate that because, um, if you have federal student loans, you might be in a good place, but if you have private student loans, um, looking to look into refinancing that right now, but yeah, I I don't think, like I said, debt is, um, either good or bad, but I know it does hold a lot of people back and they have Mm -hmm. to understand that debt is a tool actually, you know, um, debt is a tool that a lot of people use to, um, get out of poverty and to be projected into the middle class. I think, um, we, um, we don't understand the value of like, um, having access to low cost debt. Mm -hmm. Um, and, um, I don't think we've been afforded the opportunity as people of color to have access to that. Mm -hmm. And so, um, in our communities, uh, debt is often very expensive and it comes at a high cost to us being able to just survive, right? I'm not even talking about wealth building, but a lot of us are <clears throat> have been trapped in positions where we only have access to high interest debt and it has caused us, cost us a lot. And um, so, yeah, it's just a tool. So debt is a tool right? Um, And you just have to understand that and understand the role that is playing directly in your life. And then try to make sure that you're actually in control of it and using it to your advantage, if it's something that you want to use. I like that. Because it actually, I'm going to use what you just said to define some of my, um, my ventures with debt. I've, I had the similar concept, but I didn't frame it up like that, where you said like, hey, you know, I'm only going to do something less than 3% and it has to have a purpose always. To, and it also has to enhance your life. So I have the enhanced life and it has to be useful to something, but like defining even more to say, okay, here are my limitations from a, a criteria standpoint, but then here from a purpose standpoint, this is what it has to do. And it has to enhance my life. So I know the difference between something that's going to hold me back versus something that's going to lift me up. And I like what you said. It's like, it's a tool. It's not inherently bad or good. It's, it only becomes bad or good by your use of the yes. tool. Yes. Mm-hmm. And yes. sometimes people have regrets as a result, uh, like not as a result, but some people have regrets using debt, for instance, or using something else. What would you say, Nasima, is one of your main financial regrets that you've had? Um, yeah, definitely regrets around debt and because of debt that I, uh, I just took on not really understanding and then not really even knowing what I, what I used it for. Like Mm -hmm. it was because it wasn't intentional, um, just, you know, credit card debt when I was younger or, um, not being intentional about like signing up for student loans, 
because like, oh, I'm gonna get this big refund check and then I can use a refund check to, oh, you know, fall out. <laughs> That's so the just, cycle. That's the trap, yes, people. Yes. Not, not free money. Yeah, <laughs> but not, money. yeah, not being intentional about how I take on debt is a big regret. But also one of my biggest regrets associated around my debt is when I was paying off this huge amount of debt, I didn't invest. And that cost me over $80,000 in funds that could have been an investment account. And that was me listening to Dave Ramsey um, Mm -hmm. saying that, you know, you can't invest while you're paying off debt. And I think that, you know, personal finances shouldn't be dogmatic. And when Mm -hmm. you take that approach, Mm -hmm. it can have some you know, harmful effects on your life. And, and it's not, it's not on him. It's individual at an individual level, like take Mm -hmm. responsibility and understand that, you know, not all advice can apply, has to apply to you. Mm -hmm. And so, um, if I would have invested a couple of things, um, could have changed for me. So, um, like I said, I get paid very well as a labor and delivery nurse. If I would have maxed out my foral, I had access to a 403B and a 457, which was um, the um, limits were about 19,500 back then or 19,000 back then, right? So um, that's almost $40,000 I could have put away each mm-hmm. year into retirement accounts, um, but it also would have dropped my taxable income. Mm-hmm. And then I would have paid. Uh, so when I was paying off debt, I also had a $30,000 tax bill mm-hmm. <laughs> because I made so much, but I wasn't investing. So um, I wouldn't have had to pay the IRS $30,000. It would have been money in my pocket mm-hmm. and then would have had a lot more <laughs> in my retirement account yeah. period. So yeah. it could have said that that $80,000 could have grow, grew to save me like to shave off years of my working life. And, um, so I think, you know, again, debt elimination is super important, but it has to be, um, strategic and it has to be aligned with the goals that you're ultimately seeking to achieve. And, um, you know, I want to be financially independent. I want to retire early and, or just make work optional, actually, um, because like I said, nurses, nursing can look different ways. And um, in order to do that, it means front loading a lot into my retirement accounts and mm-hmm. my investment accounts. And so, um, yeah, I wish I would have done that. So that's like one of my biggest regrets <laughs> around money, but you live and you learn. And then I yeah. share so other people know, like max those accounts out while you can. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> And for our, for our audience, um, she had mentioned earlier in the beginning of the podcast, FIRE, she just gave you the acronym for it, um, Financial Independent Retired Early, mm-hmm. or like she said, Work Optional. Mm-hmm. And that's a whole nother community, a whole nother podcast, we can talk about that. Or you can jump to Nurses on Fire <laughs> to learn more about that, because that's a whole nother level mm-hmm. and different perspective. But you have to get the basis first, and that is what... Um, the SEMA preaches is you have to first get intentional. Mm-hmm. The first get intentional and understanding where you are, um, where you want to go. Mm-hmm. And then, like you said, set a plan to get there, right? So yeah, I, I, I'm i I'm grateful. Thank you. Yes. 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 And, and, and just to kind of um, close it up a little bit, uh, overall, like what would you say are some main things that you would uh, want to speak to people who are currently pursuing um, are thinking about pursuing nursing, currently pursuing nursing, and or, or really, or um, currently in the profession? I, I think your nursing license is one of the most powerful tools that you have. I think um, wh- whatever level of nursing that you're in, you have so many different options. And I think like I said, it's, it's about taking back that power and exploring your options. Nurses don't always have to be at the bedside. Um, and every nurse has some kind of expertise in something. I'm a labor and delivery nurse. So I have expertise in, you know, maternal child care that can be pivoted into something else. But I'm also a nurse that started a personal finance platform. And in starting that platform, it gave me a lot of skills that are now transferable to different industries, right? Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I work in fintech now, right? With this bank. Mm -hmm. And so um, just look at your options. And I think um, 
a lot of nurses kind of get pigeonholed into thinking like they can only do one thing. But I always, first of all, I encourage everybody to go into nursing because it, there is so much diversity in the field and what you can get into. Mm-hmm. But the ability to build wealth and write your own check in nursing is just like limitless. Mm-hmm. And um, because you have a very unique expertise, those things can um, be pivoted in all different kinds of directions to help you ultimately <laughs> build wealth and just mm-hmm. live intentionally. Yeah, I like that. <clears throat> kind of like when I'm getting it, it's like you're not a slave to the system. You're your own entity. Yeah. So you can make moves however way you want to. Right. So if you, you're, you can now partner versus being employed. Hey, let me partner with you so we can do this, that, and the other. What you gonna pay me? This is my this is my rate. <laughs> I like to say we we can pimp the system. Right. There we go. There we go. Break it down. Oh, nurses can pimp the system. Is that you know you can be a you can be a nine to five or nurses don't typically work nine to five, but you know what I mean. Like you can be a nine to five millionaire. You don't have to do much in order to um, retire wealthy as a nurse, but just make sure your reti- retirement accounts are set up. Like that's baseline. That's baseline wealth building. But now you have this degree and you have this expertise. What other areas could you use to um, to build wealth outside of just working for these hospitals or just working within these healthcare organizations? Explore that. Um, and then the other thing about nursing is um, it's, and the reason why I say it's like the cheat code to um, financial independence is, is that you don't have to like fully retire. You can take many retirements. Like if you want to travel a couple of years, you know, you can live off of like, I, like, for example, you can set it up so you can either live off of like your Roth IRA funds. Or for me, I have deferred compensation. You can live off of your deferred compensation funds, or you can do it so that you work six months. It covers all your expenses for the rest of the year. And then you just take off the rest of the year. Like there's so many different options that you have as a nurse. And I just think that, um, a lot of nurses don't really understand how it works. Um, and so that's the purpose of nurses on fire. Um, is to introduce nurses to all these different options to be able to both build wealth and live life, the life, the life that they want, but to be um, really intentional about like making sure they are using their license, these jobs in mm-hmm. order to um, just maximize what they can get out of, uh, get out of them to translate that into living the life that they want to live. And you can't maximize anything unless you have education. Mm-hmm. You just right? have to know. Yeah. <clears throat> you have to know. And so I'm using that to say, uh, Nasima has a course that she just launched out. Yes. I'm going I'm to let her pub that a little bit. <laughs> she, she, and your Instagram handle as well. Your, how they yes. can find you on social media. Right. So um, I mostly hang out on Instagram at Financially Intentional. And I just launched a course um, called Intentional Finance 101. And it's a six module course um, that talks about debt elimination, um, wealth building, um, legacy planning, and your steps to fire. Um, and uh, it's just like step-by-step the things that you need to do in order to um, build wealth, in order to be able to retire early. And just like, it's the thing, like when people are always like, okay, but how do I get started? This is how you get started. It's the plan. (laughs) Yes. Get started, but you have to take action. And I think a lot of people are hesitant on taking action. And Mm -hmm. it's it's really not hard. (laughs) It's really not a big commitment. It's really just about like, oh, like I didn't know that it can be this simple. I didn't know that this is how you do X, Y, and Z. Like, I didn't know that it's that easy to open up an investment account. Yes. Mm -hmm. And it just kind of step-by-step walks you through those things. And so, yes, it's um, available in the link in my bio. If you go to financiallyintentional.com and if you have any questions, um, just slide in my DMs. (laughs) <laughs> I love your story so much yes. in the sense that uh, it's particularly this thing where you just got started. We asked you a question about how was it, even though you was going through a transition to become a single parent, you just kept going. You just, 
you didn't, I don't think a lot of people get stuck on making it perfect. Like I don't, I don't have it right. I don't have all the information. It's like, baby girl, all you need is just a little seed, <laughs> just a little something, a little unction. And just, you just go mm-hmm. fall head first. And if you fall, you just get back up and keep yes. moving. Yes. That's what I get from your story. Like, Hey, I didn't know everything. I was not using the things I was supposed to write, but I got through it and everything I'm learning, I'm sharing with you guys. Right. And I think, yeah, exactly what you said. Like, just get started. I messed up. I got started. I messed up. I made a lot of mistakes. I I went through a lot, but ultimately like my story is clickbait paying off a million dollars under a million dollars in debt in three years. I mean, I still did that Mm -hmm. despite Mm -hmm. in spite of all the obstacles that I was going through, going through a divorce at the same time, you know, taking care of this baby and just learning all these different things, messing up, having to pay the IRS, having to pay a divorce settlement. In spite of all those things, I still accomplished it. So don't be afraid to take that first step just, and just keep on going. You're yeah. going to stumble. But the mm-hmm. thing is, once you get up, you'll be, you, because you paid off one debt, you're still that far ahead. And every debt you pay off, every dollar of debt you pay off, every dollar you put into your investment account unlocks a whole new level of freedom in your life. But you mm. just got to keep on going. It's not about that angle. And a lot of people look at the angle. It's about the journey. So we have mm. to develop a marathon, a marathon mindset around this stuff. Like, listen, just keep going. Yes, you're going to mess up. No, it's not going to be perfect. But are you going to be better because of it? Are your kids going to have more opportunities because of it? Look at that. Look at it like that. Like, don't Mm -hmm. look at it. Like I have to be at this certain place before I get started, get started today. There you go. Oh my gosh. Nurses on fire. 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 (laughs) Put some fire fire in the chat. chat. That's what our pastor says. Put some some fire fire in the chat. Love it. Oh, wow. Thank you so much for um, gracing us with your presence. And I know it's time difference. So thank you for that sacrifice. Um, <laughs> same thing in closing marks too. No, it was perfect. It was perfect. I know. Great. I know. So, fam, I hope you guys really, really take in what you heard, soak it in, replay it back because you can learn something new and different. But this, the the thing that I, we've always said too, one of our mantras is like, it doesn't matter what you make. We have a a guest here who made over six figures had a million dollars in debt and she was making good money. It doesn't matter until you know what you do with it. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't matter what you make, but what you do, what you make. Mm -hmm. So be intentional, change your mind, change your wallet, you change your life. This is Jason and Tiffany and we're out. Peace.